kind of. All right, we're going to take our Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel chapter number 1. 1 Samuel chapter number 1. Title of the message is Help from Hannah. Help from Hannah. You know, life is filled with problems. Anybody here got problems? Anybody here a problem? Anybody here cause problems? Yeah, okay. So there you got it. So we're just one, one big problem in life, right? And so life is filled with problems, and Hannah had some problems, and I want to learn from, from that today, and I hope it'll be a help and an encouragement. So we'll, we'll begin in 1 Samuel chapter number 1. We'll read the first seven verses. Now there was a certain man of Ramathaim, Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, an Ephrathite. Okay, we got through the names. Well, most of them. And he had two wives. Oh, it's a problem right there, isn't there, right? What does the Bible say? He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. And you know what they say about too much of a good thing is not a good thing? Maybe just stick with one, right? Anyway, he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninnah, and Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when... She spoke, uh, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray that uh, the truths that we find here, the example that we have, that we just learn a few lessons that could be helpful to us. No doubt there are folks in here who are going through a difficult time, have some problems, maybe don't understand why. They're happening, what to do, how they're going to get out of it. And I just pray that you'd uh, bring some encouragement. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, life's filled with problems. So what were her problems? Well, we'll get there in a moment. But one thing we do see is that she had an adversary. All right? That means someone against her. And we all have an adversary, right? The, 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 the name Satan means adversary. The Bible says uh, in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We have adversaries. The, the devil, obviously, is the primary one. But you might have an adversary uh, in, in life, too. People, flesh and blood. I know we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the devil does use flesh and blood. You might think it's your parents, that's your adversary. Man, they're just always against me. Probably they're for you. You just think they're against you because they're against the things that you do that aren't 
good for you, but they're not against you. <laughs> they're for you. And um, you, you might think the same way ab- about uh, authority, a teacher or staff or whatever. Like, oh, they're against me. No, we're not here to be your adversary. We're here to be a help to you. But um, she did have a notable adversary. And what, uh, what can we do when it seems like opposition in life is more than we can handle? Because that's the place she got to. She got to the place where uh, she wept and she didn't even want to eat. Not only did she not want to eat, she did not eat. She was in a, in a difficult time. And whether you are there now or have been there in the past, sometime you will be there where things are so horrible you just don't know what to do next. Maybe you've got yourself into trouble and you don't know how to even get out of it. You don't even know what step to take next. You say, well, I can't go talk to my parents. They'd kill me. Probably wouldn't kill you. Uh, Maybe actually help you. No, no, they'd kill me. Okay. How many parents in Fairhaven Baptist Church have killed their children? I'm not asking how many have wanted to. (laughs) Right? No, no, no. So don't don't buy that. Don't don't let uh, yourself, you know, dream these things up. And it's been over and over where kids have come to their parents and said, finally they come clean, maybe after it's too late, but they finally come clean, and then it's like, I I was just so afraid to tell you, I didn't know what you were going to do. And they're like, we would have helped you. We could have helped you more if we had found out sooner. But we do have adversaries. We're going to have opposition in life, and there's some lessons here. It's not a fancy outline. There's just a lot of simple points. There's, it's not alliterated, so there you go. We'll just give you a few thoughts that I think will be helpful to you. Number one, um, some lessons to learn from the life of Hannah. First one is this. Consider the source of your problems. Consider the source of your problems. Yep, I got it right now. It's a name in my mind. It, they are the problem. It, sometimes it's actually us, but that wasn't the case for Hannah. So let's look and dig a little deeper here. It says, but unto Hannah he gave a word, this is verse 5, 5 and 6, a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb, and her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. Consider the source of your problems. You say, well, it's pretty obvious who her problem was. It was who? Peninnah, Right? One of her biggest problems came from God. Who shut up her womb? God did. And he allowed her to be barren. Why? He had a purpose. He had a reason. You say, well, that's not fair. God's not fair. In life, you're going to come across situations where you're going to think... Man, I, I'm, you're going, and let me. Look, you're going to suffer because of things that are in your life that you had no control of. Okay, so um, someone was born with a with a handicap. God allowed it, and maybe they get mocked and made fun of at school or wherever they go. 
You say, well, that's not fair. God shouldn't have done that. God has a reason for everything he does. He's just and he's right. He's holy. He's never made a mistake. He's not accountable for uh, the mistreatment that other people give. And you might think, well, I, I'm not as bright and clever as some other people. I'm not as good looking as some other people. I'm not as talented as some other people. And, and, and I just suffer because of that. You know, you, you don't do well in math. Talk about problems in life, right? As soon as you walk into math classes, all that's there are problems, right? And so you've got to deal with problems. Uh, you know, when trouble comes, consider the source. And don't get angry at God when things get tough. He allowed her to not have children at that time. He had a purpose for it. We're going to see that he's going to miraculously give her a son. And not just that, she's going to have more children after that. But he had a purpose and a plan in all of this. And you don't always know what God's doing. But we see that the adverse of her, 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 one of her biggest problems was because God allowed it. And he always has a reason. But the adversary used what God had done to create problems. And so what we need to do is stop listening to the adversary, stop listening to the naysayers, and stay focused on God. She should have been focused on God. Eventually she became focused on God, but she wasn't at first, and it went on for quite a while. And too often we focus on our problems and all what we think of the injustices. Oh, I'll tell you, I get tired of the news. Everything is an injustice against everybody. Everybody's woke. You know, I think they should go back to sleep. <laughs> you know, and we have woke everything. And everyone's just, oh, they're so offended. Their feelings are so hurt. You, you looked at me cross-eyed because you hate me. Okay, yes, okay, I hate you. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, does that make you feel better? All right, then. no. It, it just is getting so ridiculous. Stop focusing on you. And on your problems and focus on God. Things are going to turn around when she does start focusing on the Lord. But your life's not going to get any better when you just look at your problem. And, oh, 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 why did you let this, Lord, and you did this, and you did this. And you're blaming God for everything. It's not God's fault that Penina mistreated her. She could have been looking at the fact that she had a husband who loved her and, and gave her worthy portions and treated her very well and was very concerned for her. So consider the source of your problem. Secondly, don't let troubles overwhelm you. And that's what happened with her in verse number 7. And as uh, he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she, Peninnah, provoked her, Hannah. Therefore she wept and did not eat. She wept and cried. What is that going to do for you? You know, don't punish yourself when you have problems and get into so, such deep depression that you're not taking care of your body. You're not eating. You're not getting rest. The scripture says in Psalm 127, verse 2, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. So she, she was weeping and crying and was not taking care of her. Take care of your body and don't allow your emotions to control you. And to drive you down. 
Because when you're in such a state, things will only get worse, not better. Maybe a third thing. Don't carry your burdens longer than you have to. In verse number 7, there's a little phrase there, uh, year by year. She had this problem year by year for a long time. And she didn't handle it well for a long time. How long have you been dealing with your problem, your affliction, your trouble, whatever is bothering you, your oppression, your adversary, whatever it is, how long have you been dealing with this and you haven't dealt with it, actually? Because you haven't came and just brought it to the Lord and said, Lord, this is a problem. I need help with it and I need to get over this. What is it that you're hanging on to that you need to stop hanging on to? And it's been there year by year by year. So don't carry your burdens longer than you have to. Number four. Aren't you glad we're just moving so quickly? We have to when we got 28 points. No, there's not that many. <laughs> Number four. Accept encouragement. All right. God does send encouragement along the way. In verse number eight. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? He must have been a pretty good guy, man. He's like, I'm better than ten sons, right? You got me. And she's like, yeah, that's the number. <laughs> no, but what was he doing? He's just trying to encourage her and say, hey, look, you need to snap out of this. He wasn't mean. He wasn't harsh. He was uh, comforting. He was trying to empathize a little bit here. And she needed to accept the encouragement of her husband. Uh, and, and eventually she did. Um, in verse number 9 it says, So Hannah rose up and after they had eaten in Shiloh, after they had uh, drunk. And now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. So she got up, she ate, she drank. And said, okay, let's go. She accepted some encouragement. There are times where people get so down, they get so depressed, and people say, hey, how's it going? Not so good. Uh, can you, you know, you need something home? And they just, they won't cheer up. They don't want help. They want to stay frumpy and grumpy and down. And they just, they, they, for some reason, they enjoy being miserable. Jacob, when he thought Joseph was killed, his children, his sons, can you imagine this? The sons who did what they did to Joseph come to him and try to encourage him when he's mourning. But the Bible says that his, uh, he, he refused to be comforted. He didn't want comfort. He was like, I am miserable. I want to stay miserable. Leave me alone. How long did he stay in that state? A long time. A long time he held on to that grief. We're going to grieve. We're going to have trouble. We're going to have loss. We're going to have sorrow. We're going to have all that. But you don't have to hang on to it and let it ruin your life. Accept encouragement. Allow others to comfort you. Because if you want to keep hanging in that depressed time. Pretty soon people don't even want to talk to you. They don't even want to spend time with you. Accept it. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. It's not going to help you by feeling sorry for yourself. 
Number five, pour your soul out to God. And we find this in verses 10 through 15. It says, And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. So she's pouring her heart out. She vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and she did have affliction, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now, Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my heart and my soul before the Lord. So cast your burdens upon the Lord and stop looking at your problems. Do, she finally did what she should have been doing a long time ago. We heard a message about prayer last night. That's nice to, to say, okay, I need to pray more, but you have to do something about that. When every time a problem comes, you have to cast your burden upon the Lord. Those things that come unexpectedly, those things that cause a little bit of anxiety. <gasps> you can... <gasps> And keep for a long time. Or you can say, Lord, please help me with this one because I can't do this. Cast your burden upon the Lord. Or keep hypoventilating until you pass out. Right? First option's a little bit better. Take it to the Lord and stop looking at your troubles. So that's number five. Pour your soul out. To God, It's okay to tell him, Lord, this is big. This is troublesome. I don't know what to do. I, I, I'm having a hard time with this. Don't complain to him, but tell him how you're feeling. And, and say, I need some help with this. Number six, pray specifically. Uh, we find that there in verse number 11. What did she ask? She had specific requests. Uh, as you go through there, she says, uh, if thou wilt indeed, first of all, she says, look on the affliction. So, so please look on my, consider it, Lord. And then she continues, and she says, said, remember me. Okay, remember what's been going on. Remember me, I'm Hannah, you know, your, your child. And what's been going on, can you help me? And, for, uh, and not forget thine hymn. Don't forget me, remember me. But then when you do, Keep thinking about me. Don't forget me because I'm still having problems. And when I'm done praying, I'm still going to have problems. So I want you to keep thinking about me. And then she says, give. She asked. She made a specific request. She wanted a man-child. Which really a child's not a man, but hopefully he was going to grow into a man, right? At what point? I will say, yeah. At what point do these men, these boys become men? The child's become men, right? That's a really good question. All right, so pray specifically. And uh, don't be selfish in your prayer. She asked for a man-child. Why? Because she wanted to give him back to the Lord. She said, listen, listen, Lord, I want a child. 
And if you give me a child, I'll give the child back to you. Now, a lot of times people do make deals with God, don't they? It's like, Lord, I'm in a tough way. And if you do this, I'll do this. And he does this, and they forget all about doing their part. That happens quite frequently. Lord, you get me out of this one. And I promise you, I will never, and then you list this whole thing. I'll never do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this. And then you're right back to this, 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 and this, and this. Because you forgot. She's asking that God doesn't forget her. And don't be guilty of promising just anything uh, so that you get what you want. We'll see if her desire really was to give her gives her, her child back to the Lord. We already know the end of the story, right? So pray specifically. Number seven, when people misunderstand you, don't get upset. Now, what was she doing? She was praying. She was praying. And what is um, Eli, the spiritual guy, thinking she's doing? He's thinking she's drunk. Now, listen, if I'm going to the man of God and I'm looking for some help from the man of God and the man of God is not acting very godly, I'm not going to be real happy about this. And he's thinking that I'm not, I'm not drunk. I'm not drinking. I'm per- what are you, stupid? You know? Isn't that how, how you might tend to react a little bit? You know? No! I'm praying! Can't you tell? Uh... Yeah, no, I couldn't tell. (laughs) She didn't get angry. She didn't feel sorry for herself. That was actually a thing of the past for her. Once you give a matter over to the Lord, your whole outlook begins to change, right? And so Eli, in verse 14, said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a man, a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I poured out my heart, uh, my soul, before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, but out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. She didn't react the wrong way. She just explained how it was. Now she had faith. And then since she's poured her heart out to God, she's cast her burden on the Lord. Nobody was going to quench that good spirit that she had. And so people will misunderstand you. Sometimes you'll get in trouble for doing something you've never done. You know, and then years later they say, well, you probably deserved it anyway for something you didn't get caught for, right? But, it, but you don't feel that way at the moment. You're like, this time, this time I was innocent. And they got me in trouble. And you're not thinking about all the times you got away with something. You're just thinking about, I, you know. When you've given the matter over to the Lord, you're going to be able to, your, your outlook will change. And don't get upset when people misunderstand you and falsely accuse you. And the list goes on and on. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. That's part of life. Number eight, accept God's message of peace. 
It's interesting who actually delivers the message of peace to her. It's the man who just accused her of being drunk. But she knew that he was the man of God, and she accepted the message as coming from the Lord. And the Bible says in verse number 17, 18, Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was, ooh, those last three words, no more sad. No more sad. She wasn't sad. Penina, bring it on. Say what you want to say. No more sad. Because she believed God. Because God gave her a message of peace. And that message of peace, yes, it came through Eli, but it was God's message. And God will speak to us too, but he will use this book right here. So when you're having problems, you hear it, you hear it all the time, get into the Bible. You have fear come upon you, get in the Bible. You have anxiety, get in your Bible. You have affliction, get in the Bible. People persecuting you, misunderstanding you, get in the Bible, pour your heart out to God. When you know that God's ultimately in control and all the people who are against you can do nothing unless the Lord allows it, that really will change your thinking. It will change your outlook. So accept God's message of peace. But you have to get into his word to get that message. And and you'll, uh, you'll see that the results are wonderful. In Hannah's case... She was no more sad. Wouldn't you like to leave here today with that big heavy burden, that problem that you're facing, and walk out of here, even though it's still looming, give it to the Lord, walk out of here, no more sad. So I I just can't. You can, you just have to choose to. It's up to you. Number nine, remember God's blessings. Let's find verses 19 and 20. And they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Oh, interesting. Did she ask, Lord, remember me? She did. Did he? He did. Wherefore, in verse 20, came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son. And called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. So remember God's blessings. She really had two answers to prayer. The first one was that God remembered her. The second one was that she received a son. And she was careful to remember God in the process and remember what he had done for her by setting up a a memorial that she would not forget. And of course, some of you have you know the, the name Samuel means asked of God. So every time she called out Samuel's name, it was a reminder that she had asked God for him and God answered prayer. Every time she mentioned his name, it was, I asked God for you. I asked God for you. Come here, I asked God for you. She wanted to remember. She did not want to forget. So remember God's blessings. Write it down in a book. Journal it. Do something. Because 
I know the hard time is going to come. It's good to go back and say, yeah, but look what God done. Look what he's done there. And look, if he did it then, he's the same God. He can do it again. There is one advantage of getting old. You can look back and see the many times God's bailed you out and got you out of difficult times. But the other part about getting old is not good because old people forget things. <laughs> and then you, for, you tend to forget. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like 895 times he did that for me, and, and I'm forgetting that he can do it again. He's still the same God. He doesn't run out of strength and power. Number 10, keep your vows. You make a promise to God, keep your promise. She did. Verse number 24, and when she had weaned him, weaned Samuel, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought, him, uh, brought the child to Eli. And she said, O oh, my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. She promised, God, if you give me a son, I will give him to you. And she did just what she said she would do. Have you made any promises to God? Let me remind you, Deuteronomy 23, 21 says this. When thou vowest a vow unto the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord, hath, uh, the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be sin in thee. Sin if we make a promise and we don't keep the promise. So what if I make a sinful promise? Well, then that's sin, too, so don't worry about that one, right? Don't. <laughs> uh, keep your promises. Lord, I will do this. I'll do it. If he was so gracious to help you and get you out of a situation or deliver you or whatever, intervene, then keep your promise. Show him some love back, and he'll be more likely to help you again. All right, number 11. Rejoice more in God than in the blessing that he gives. We just read in verse 27, 28 that she was excited that she got this child. She got the man child, but she gave him back to God. Why? Because she loved God more than she loved the child. You know, sometimes we pray for things and we're, we're more interested in the thing that we got than the God who gave it to us. Be thankful for the God, to the God who gave it to you because that thing that you got is going to break or go away or disappear or something's going to happen to it someday. But your joy in the Lord is never going to end. I can go back and think of things that, that God did for me and they were amazing where he provided possession, possessions. I'm like, wow, I, I, God answered that prayer. You know, I remember a car specifically I prayed for. It was a used car, but it was a nice car. And it was the color I wanted. It had everything. It was, every, it was the make I wanted. It was everything I wanted. And I just like, Lord, I, I want that car. And I, I remember calling in, and the, the salesperson said, oh, 
we just sold it. I said, well, you call me back if that deal falls through. And I went to prayer. I said, well, Lord, I, I need that car. That's exactly what I was looking for. Lord, you could make that deal fall through. Please let that deal fall through. <laughs> that lady, like a day or two later, calls me back. She says, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> she says, that deal fell through. Would you like it? I'm coming. <laughs> and I got it. And you say, wow, I got it below the book value. One owner, it was one, some old grandpa. He kept the, the log in, in his, of all the repairs. Every time he changed a wiper blade, it was in the, it was in the glove box. Every, this, this car was sweet. And I'm thinking, yes, but it wasn't the car. It was God. And when I'm driving the car, I'm, when I was driving the car, I'd say, God gave me this. God answered this prayer. It was a used car. You say, why are you getting all excited about a used car? It was like 8500 bucks. You say, you can't even get anything for 8500 bucks now. I know that. But I was thankful that God answered my prayer. More than the thing I got, the one who gave it to me. So rejoice more in God than in your blessing. We find this in verse number one. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoiceth in my son. Is that what she says? No. My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. So three times she's making reference to the Lord. God did this. Her joy came from what God did, not just the fact that she had a son. And number 12, praise God for what he has done. And verses 1 through 11, we're not going to take the time to read all those verses. But this is a prayer, but it's a prayer of praise for what she has done. She took the time to acknowledge what God had done for her. Now, when God does something for you, give him the glory. Pause. Man, you prayed for weeks that he'd give you something? Well, for weeks, praise him for it. Thank him for it. And by the way... He gave her more children. She wasn't allowed, not allowed, she wasn't able to have children before, and the very one that she gives, God gave back. Good measure, pressed down. He gave more than what she gave to him. That's just how God works. So I don't know what kind of help you needed today. There were 12 different lessons from this passage. Hannah had a problem. And you know what? She found out why God let her have that problem because he was going to intend to bless her through it and she praised him for it. But there were some things she didn't know that God was going to do. She didn't know that God was going to use her testimony and the lessons that she learned for people in 2023. So you don't know what God's doing with your problem. Let God be God. Trust him. Cast your burden upon him. Don't carry your problem year by year. If you've been hanging on to something, it's time to give it up and say, Lord, I need help. And if you need help, sometimes that means go to people who can help you. They're not going to kill you. They actually like to help people. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we pray that you would use this message, the, the words of God, the lessons that you've taught, I don't know why you led me to preach this message, but obviously, Lord, there's some who need the help 
from Hannah. And I thank you, Lord, that you give us help. And I thank you, Lord, that you take our troubles and you use them to help us and you use them to help others. And I just pray that you'd have some victories and people would trust you through whatever trial they're going through today and learn some lessons that will change their life. We pray this in Christ's name. Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.